Next Chapter Podcasts. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend. The king of these for Angelo. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. That song was by Run DMC from their 1984 self-titled debut. It's also number 242 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. You're listening to the only podcast where each week me and my guests go through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest records. And we started at 500, working our way down to one. Want to watch the podcast? Well, there's only one way you can see full videos of my guests and I each week. Join the Patreon for $5 a month. You get to watch full videos. And for $25 a month, we're giving away merch like coffee mugs, t-shirts, posters, and hoodies to the Fleece Army. And I'll give you a ranking in the Fleece Army. Go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast or find the link on our website. Our guest this week, coming back for a third time, is comedian Joe DeRosa. Uh, one of my favorite people, a lover of all music. Well, I don't want to say a lover of all music, but the music he loves, he fucking loves. Listen to his podcast, Taste Buds, with Sal Volcano, and check out his website, joderosainfo.com, for tour dates, because I know he's on the road right now. This episode was recorded on July 7th. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. Listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pods. And if you can leave a five-star rating and a review, please do that. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I post clips. I talk about my shows, a whole bunch of skadoodle. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Here we go with number 242 out of 500 with Run DMC by Run DMC. Returning his third time back on the 500, the legendary curmudgeon, Joe DeRosa. And I want to, I want to open this by, by asking you this. What is salsa windfall? Um, I I got an answer. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah. Good to be back. Uh, good to see you both. Um, salsa windfall. Yeah. It's, uh, so when I was, uh, before I did comedy, I had, uh, I was doing music and I was, that's what I was thought I was going to do. And um, I had several different music outfits and bands and things, but the one that, that I kind of spent the most time with and did the most, uh, you know, um, I don't know, uh, 
significant stuff with as far as my music life was concerned was uh so this thing called salsa wind falls me and my buddy paul chell and uh it was the one that I never really let go of either. We kind of just kept doing stuff over the years, even though I wasn't, we weren't performing anymore. Um, and about eight years ago, he came to visit me in LA and we recorded a full album and then we shelved it. We were really proud of it, but we shelved it and we were like, this is really interesting, but what are we going to do with it? We're not going to play shows. We're not going to tour. I'm trying to make my name as a comic like this is impossible to promote. Um, and also too, the means of self-promotion weren't quite where they are now yet. Yeah. So um, anyway, cut to however many years late, eight years later uh, on taste buds, my podcast, one of my podcasts, Great the podcast. fans got, yeah, the fans got wind that I had this band because I was actually off the episode and Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers was was subbing for me and he brought it up. He's like, did you know he's got this band? And I didn't even know Brian knew about it. I don't know how he found out about it. And we did have an we do have an album that's out there currently. Um, and but I never really talked about it. And the fans went and found this album that was around that was kind of laying around on these digital platforms. And they were like, dude, we like this. Like, what's up with this band? And I was like, well, we actually have an album that's been shelved. That album that's out there now doesn't really represent us. I'm glad you like it, but that's not really what the sound of the band is. That's a little bit of a different thing. Um, but it's out there. And um we have this other album. We've got a lot of other stuff, but in particular, yeah. we have this one album we recorded many years ago that we're really proud of that we've never done anything with. Like, should we put it out? And then everybody started being like, yeah, put it out. And then, funny enough, I started telling a story in my new hour that relates to the band, and I mentioned the band's name, and then, like, it started getting more pops at the shows. I'd be like, I have this band called Salsa Windfall. And the people would like cheer and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. I was like, Salsa. Is, yeah. I was like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, so we were like, all right, we're going to put the album out. And um, we kept it secret. I just kind of teased, like, we have an announcement coming. And then today, July, we're recording yeah. this on July 7th. I don't know when this actually comes out, but. It's coming out in a while. It's coming. It's coming. Twenty twenty five. All right, ways off. <laughs> I'm, on, dropped, I'm on a long uh, tour, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we dropped the single. It's called "Mouth on My Money," and the album itself, called "Artificial Birth," comes out on August fourth. So we announced all of that today, uh, and so far today, the reception's been really positive for the song. Yeah, dude, uh, it's good. It's dude. Thanks, I didn't know thanks. what that was, and I'm like, is thanks. this back? Like, what the fuck is? It's got a. It's because you know what it feels like knowing you. Um, it, it I, you're an amalgamation of so much pop culture that has been, you just take it in and you're like a sponge. And, and I see it in your jokes because you can, you can adapt to any room and, and you're just, you just know pop culture so well. And you love hip hop. You love rock. I mean, and not just regular rock. I mean, you love Zappa rock. And, right. and I was listening to it and I'm like, holy shit, like this, 
this ha- it's rock, but it has a hip hop flavor. Even the way you're the cadence of the way you yeah, but jump bang, ba, 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 ba. like it's great, man. <laughs> Thanks, and I man. am stoked. Thanks. And I'll dude, how about this? We'll play it at the end of this episode uh, for new music. Perfect. I mean, it's going to be in, in 2028 when this comes out, but still, you'll <laughs> probably have three new albums by then. Please. No, I never, uh, Paul, my partner in the band, Paul Chell, um, wrote that song and we collaborated. You know, uh, I, I gave him my input on his idea, but he wrote the song. I remember he, when he was flying in, it was the first thing we did for the album. No, I'm sorry. It was the second thing we did. We had recorded one other song. And when, but, but in that session of recording, it was the first thing we did. And I remember he was flying in and he was like, dude, I got this idea for a song. It's, it's called mouth on my money. And I was like, okay. And that's how we always work. We like tell each other, like, dude, I got an idea for a song. What if we did a thing? And then the hook was this. And then, you know, and then we just start going and he's Paul's a fucking genius. In my opinion, um, he's able to, you could throw any genre at him and he'll, he's like, uh-huh. I got, I understand. I know how to do it. Yeah. And he'll do yeah. it. And like, and then he'll, think of things like this song where he'll be like, it's kind of like this. And it's kind of like that. And he's a genius. So um, it was fun to do, but, but the, 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 the interesting thing about like us. Um, yeah. My favorite thing about wa- working with Paul is, is, you know, like one of our big influences was ween two man yeah. guys, two man band. Uh, one of our early, they might be giants two man band odd stuff like odd partnership odd approach you hear genre hints of things but then it's kind of goes off in its own direction or whatever so that was kind of the stuff we always liked and what we wanted this to we we we, we were recording and writing in the vein of this from the jump and of that that sensibility from the jump so um he's just fun to work with because he's somebody that brings in amazing ideas and writes amazing songs and then i can pitch him my ideas and bring him my song ideas and and it always gels, but there was one moment that speaks to what you're saying where we were like, wow, that's fucked up. We were at a, he lived in Philly at the time and mm-hmm. we were at a party at his house and it was in the middle of the day. I don't remember why, but it was like a day drinking party. It was probably the 4th of July or something. And um, we were, we were all drunk and high and whatever. And, and he was talking to somebody. And he started going, you are sleeping. You don't want to believe you are sleep." And I was like, wait, why did you just say that? And he was like, because it's from the Smiths record. And I was like, no, it's not. It's from the third bass record. And he was like, what? And I was like, that's from the song Triple Stage of Darkness from third bass. And he was like, no, it's from the song Such and Such by the Smiths. And he just goes. That's why this band works, dude, because <laughs> it was like <laughs> pulling the same. We knew the same exact sample from two opposite ends of the music spectrum. <laughs> and we were both like, yeah, I quote that all the time. Well, so do I. But I quote it because the Smiths. Well, I quote it because the third bass. So that's it was great. It was just yeah, a that's... really weird moment, you know? No, but that's that's what makes great art is when you when you're working with people that have different influences and then. And then it comes together. And and I mean, like to have you on, we've had you on before when we did, what did we do? EPMD, which, yeah, which, then we you did know, Zappa. 
Then we did Zappa, and now we're bringing you back here for you know for Run DMC. I you might have talked about this on the on the EPMD episode, but just refresh my memory and the audience's memory of why not you know why when did your love of hip-hop first develop because you love hip-hop like you know it i'll be hanging out i remember being in the stand green room and somebody it was you and che were going back and forth with cuts that i have never if i haven't heard them or if i have heard them i haven't heard them in fucking years so when did it start man it started with run dmc um I didn't know what rap music was. I was a kid. I had never heard of the genre. Um, I was in, I think, the third grade. So what age is that? Seven? Something like that? Yeah, like six, seven, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, seven, Uh, eight. And my cousin John, who was a year or two older than me, and always a little little edgy. He was an edgier kid. He was a harder kid than I was. And uh he was like, do you like rap music? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, and like, he didn't have anything to play me because we were kids. Like he didn't have his own cassettes or anything. Uh, and we were listening to the radio and a song came on and he said, that's rap music. I, and I don't remember what the song was, but I remember holding what it was in my head, the concept of it and remembering it. And then when I heard the song "You Be Illin" from Raising Hell, yeah. Run DMC, Raising Hell, I remember I was in the car with my mom, and I said, "Mom, that's called rap music." And I was like, "This song is awesome!" Like I was like obsessed with the song, and uh, and that was the first cassette I ever made my parents like take me to go get because I like you Raising know, Hell, I, Raising yeah, Hell, like, right? Yeah, I was like, "That's Please. mine too." Yeah. Oh, really? Oh no shit. Yeah, That's it was awesome. my that we on the same day, awesome. Ray, my I got raised in hell. Me and my sis my sister got licensed to ill, and we also convinced my parents to get a slippery when wet by Bon Jovi. So that's a, that's a hell of a we, we got, trio, yeah. The, the, the yeah. trifecta, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love stuff like that. Like I remember the Christmas where the two cassettes I got because I asked for were Young MC, Stone Cold Ryman, and, and Justice for All by Metallica. And I was like, played them constantly. I was like obsessed yeah. with both of them. But um, but yeah, man, um, that was because you know I had Thriller and I love Thriller. But my mom bought me Thriller because she liked Thriller too. Yeah. My mom bought me Ray Parker Jr. Chart Busters because she knew I liked the song <laughs> Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? Uh, but I didn't give yeah. a shit about the album outside of no, just you want that song ghostbusters you know <laughs> yeah of course uh, yeah it could have just but, been ghostbusters and like 10 remixes of ghostbusters and you would have been like this fucking I rules have, that's i would have liked it better <laughs> nothing against Ray yeah. parker jr but um that was the thing was that, that like run dmc ubln that was the first song i remember being like i have to get this album that i have to understand what there's more here to this. Like I need to hear whatever else this, these people are doing. And I had to listen to the whole album with my mom, like the iced tea thing. I think I've told, I don't know if I've told the iced tea story on here, but my mom made me listen. So she used to make me listen to the whole album with her, uh, with rap music. Cause as little as she knew about rap music, she knew it was from the streets, you know, sure. 
and that there might be some foul language. So that was the first album that my mom made me, Raising Hell, made me sit down and I had to listen to it front to back with her because she had to approve if I was allowed to keep it. <laughs> and there's two, there's two uh, F-bombs on it. There's a, oh, God damn it. Uh, it's, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. That's on wild. Only two F-bombs compared well, back- to today, like... That comes out back of the first then, line of any rap song. Back then, two was like wild. <laughs> like that was like unheard of. Uh, so okay. Uh so Proud to be Black was the is the second F bomb. That's the last song on the album. And it goes, you know, I'm proud to be black, y'all. A real brave y'all, a motherfucker. I could never be a slave, y'all. So that's the first one. Yeah. Um and then hit it run is the other one where DMC says, I leave all suckers in the dust. Those dumb motherfuckers can't mess with us. So that's not even bad. That's not bad. neither of them are bad. You know what I mean? But it was just like <laughs> yeah, crazy that a song had had fuck in it. And um yeah. the uh but like and and hit it run is is uh my favorite rap song of all time. Uh but it's not on this rec- record that we're about to talk to you about about today. But anyway so she let me keep the record. Uh, she thought it was appropriate. It wasn't. It wasn't too much, and I and I got to keep it. And I when I met DMC uh, at a com at a video game convention, he was there. Oh damn! With a, he had a table because he was, had a comic book, uh, and he was at this video retro video game convention, and his, he had a booth set up for his comic book. And I I met. Wait, him what was his comic book? Him. Was it like the Was it like the the Adidas Warriors or like? It's you like know, we he's we, like a, we mark the sucker MCs. It's something like that. He's like a, he's like a he's like a hip hop superhero. I think. Okay, um, yeah, cool. I that's think I that's what it is. Yeah, it's something like that. I, I I don't remember. I should own this comic. I don't know why I don't. Yeah, I don't, I just you don't own everything, everything, dude. Uh, <laughs> fucking every gaming system and every weird Italian <laughs> horror film from 1965 on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, I don't have a good reason for not having this anyway. He um, but he talked to me for a while. He was very cool. And um, I told him that story. I told him what what raising hell meant to me in my life. And I told him the story of having to listen to it with my mom and how awkward it is when when you guys say fuck. And he was like, wait, we don't we don't say fuck on that. Right. And I was like, no, you do. And I told him the two place and he's like no oh, yeah you're right man which Twice. is so funny that's so cool that happens to me sometimes with with, with con- like you're like when you're saying it to a person you're like how do you not remember this this is your yeah. song but that's happened to me with comedy where somebody's been like they'll say something to me i'm like what and they're like you just said on stage you just you literally just did a joke about that and i was like oh <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not thinking of it like that. I'm like, no. it was like, it was like a thing I had to get through to make the thing work. And then I forgot about it. Cause I have to, I'm thinking about the next thing or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's just funny, but, uh, but anyway, run DMC, UB Illin, that's what got me into hip hop and that record. I still have my original cassette. It's wow. all the text is rubbed off of the of the, the set itself because yeah, I yeah, played yeah. it so much. I still have an original pressing of the vinyl, which I just moved to my like 
my like rarities shitties i'm seeing this priced way high on certain websites i was like let me just move it over here to be safe and never play it ever again and i just got a repressing of it but i've got an original pressing of the of the self-titled which we're going to talk about today uh and i've got that on my special you know my collector's shelf or whatever because that's hard to come by yeah in in the shape that i got it in so um you know man they're just they're they're the they're the Beatles of rap. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a new thing that I'm saying. It's a pretty common. I've heard that. Yeah. A lot of people have said that. Um, I mean, I could just, I could do some of the statistics now that I was looking at is that run DMC was the, they're the first uh, hip hop record to chart on the R and B. They're the second hip hop act to appear on American bandstand uh, beside uh, behind Sugar Hill Gang in 81, the first hip-hop act to chart in the top 40 in the Billboard, the first hip-hop artist with a top 10 pop-charting album, one of the first hip-hop artists with gold, platinum, and multi-platinum records. So this is, I think this is really cool. The first hip-hop act to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, which is a huge deal because, deal. you know, that's like, that's that's getting signed off by the dip Jan Werner, who is so fucking, like, not cool and wants to protect you know oh this is mine blah blah and and then right. you know to put them on that's a huge deal one of the first hip-hop acts to receive a grammy nomination to appear mm-hmm. on mtv to mm-hmm. perform at a major arena they were the first ones to sign a major product endorsement deal uh yep. and they were the second act to be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame the first being grandmaster flash uh, what do you think is the uh the 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 let me see how do I say this? Like, like, what is the describe the significance of Run DMC uh, in the context of hip hop history that you know? Well, they were the they were the guys that brought the the hard edge. I mean, look, it's the birth as we know it of Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons. It's the birth yeah. of Def Jam, even though they weren't on Def Jam, they were on Profile Records. But this is it. This is where it all begins. This is like where. You know, there's the moment of true inception, which is cool Herc and all that stuff. And then there's the moment where the thing becomes fully realized, and that's Run DMC. Like, Run DMC is the moment when New York, where hip-hop, really, because this is, I mean, there it wasn't that there wasn't West Coast hip-hop at this point, but it was just not something you heard about yet. Yet. And I'm not saying that to shit on west coast hip-hop it just run dmc is what brought it all into the mainstream what put new york on the map as being in my opinion the birthplace of this music which opened every door for every other region to get their version of it through the door um but most importantly, they're, you know, they're the they're the guys that they are the prototype. They're, they're the prototype for what hip hop became for for so many years. They, they, they were the guys that brought in the hard drums. They had a DJ that was no joke. Like it was like it was like now I can't speak to Jam Master J whether he was the first of this kind or not. But like as far as like. As a fan with me list with me first DJ 
I was introduced to, and as I've listened over the years and gone back to stuff that preceded Run DMC, whatever, Jam Master J seems to me like the first DJ on record that was no joke, where you're like, this guy is like, wow, you know? And the yeah. DJ used to be the 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 front, the, the centerpiece. You know, that was another thing that really kind of starts to shift with Run DMC, where it's like, no, the MCs become the focus and the DJ becomes the backbone. And I think that actually in a weird way allowed jam master J to shine more as a DJ because now it's like, to me now it becomes like, like there was jazz fusion, right? There was jazz mm. fusion and rock fusion and on all that stuff through the seventies. And then all of a sudden rush appears and Rush is like, we're not going to put the bass player at the foreground. We're not going to put the guitar player at the foreground. We're at the foreground. We're going to let everybody do their part. And this is going to be a trio that you can't, that you, you can DMC is, is what did that. I think them saying like, no, man, it's the three of us. So I kind of misspoke earlier about it, it puts the MCs in the foreground. I mean, it does in its own way, but but it's the first group where that I can think of where it's like, no, man, it's the three of us. DMC has said, I asked him when I met him, I go, well, are you ever going to tour again? He goes, no, we'll never tour again. We'll do shows wow. as run DMC, but we'll never tour again. And I've heard him say in interviews, he goes, people ask me why he goes, because my band died. Yeah. It's like saying to like Paul McCartney, why don't you do the Beatles anymore? You know, right. like, so, um, this is like there this is a huge huge moment in the music this is huge and like ever you know my favorite rap group of all time is epmd epmd yeah. prototypically follows run dmc they follow how much, run dmc how much it's, further how much MCs further past this teaming it with a badass dj what's that how much further what's past that? this is how much further past this is is epmd coming out like this it's record. not that this much is, farther it's funny because because <laughs> Rundy uh, or hip hop, hip hop evolves the way like clones do in Star Wars. It's like it's like this. This clone is a 45 year old man, but he's only three years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, hip hop evolves <laughs> so quickly. And I was I was it's funny because I put on the record today to listen to it. And I was like, God damn, man, like 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 tougher than leather, which is the album where their their sound starts to shift i'm like that's that's only three records after this like this that's not and it and it's and tougher than leather is like 87 this record yeah. is like 83 84 84, 84. Yeah. so it's three years later i'm seeing strictly business and the first album from epmd was 87 yeah so it's years fucking later. wild and you know and already epmd they you know EPMD got a like ton of love on the West Coast because of the, the the funk sampling. So like West Coast hip hop now is starting. You know, uh, NWA and the Posse drops in like I think eighty seven. Straight out of Compton is like eighty nine, right? I got it right here. Hold on. Eighty eight is straight out of Compton. Uh, whoa. Um, Damn, four years later, you go from this to NWA. That is insane, insane dude. That is so fast. That's, 
I mean, that's yeah. like that's like going. I mean, did, didn't kind of did stand up evolve like that in a sense? Like where like no. Not no. really. No, I'm trying to think. Like I, mean, I was trying to think Nothing. of like, like Lenny Bruce. Yeah, I mean, Lenny because comedy had been going on for 20, 30 years before that until like until Lenny Bruce came out to suddenly say, you know, women do this and fucking this and, and started cussing and changed everything. Nothing evolved, in my opinion. No, no genre evolves as quickly as hip hop, especially in those formative years, because it's one of the only genres that was a direct mouthpiece for a culture. You know, it was, you know, that's why Chuck D said hip hop is the black CNN. And, you know, it's like, it's like there was, it was directly correlated to a culture of life in the city uh, that certain people experienced. And I think that because life evolves so quickly, this music evolved so quickly, you know, and and yeah. also too it's 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 at the at its core it's about the party you know hip hop at, at its core is about the party and it's like if you want to keep the party going you can't keep playing the same songs all the time you got to have For the new sure, songs yeah. yeah so there's a lot to it and then it's it's also the the battling can't keep battling with the same rhymes you got to battle with new rhymes right. you can't you can't keep battling with the same scratches and cuts. You got to be better and it's, you got to be cutting edge and you got, so it all evolves so quickly. Um, and I mean, you, you hear, you know, I talk hip hop is, is a genre of music where, uh, there are, there, are, um, there are albums that straddle the fence, meaning sonically straddle the fence where meaning like they have one foot in, the old sound and one foot in what's about to happen. And this is one of those albums. This is a hundred percent. One of those albums because you put it on and you hear like hard times, which is already an, an evolution of the message by Grandmaster flash. Yeah. It's 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 the next phase of that. So you hear how that type of rap song is evolving. Right. But then, yeah, a couple tracks later, you hear sucker MCs, and there's like, that's like, holy shit! There's nothing like this out. Like this is yeah. where you're like, god damn, you know, like, so you're like, sucker MCs is the blueprint for all the rap that's coming out in the next few years. Hard time sounds like the stuff that it was kind of leading up to it in the in the in the in the year to, to three years, whatever it is prior. So. This album really, really straddles the fence, um, and you just hear that shift happen. You and, know, it's it's fun. You know, it's, it's incredible. It's, fun. it's, fun. it's incredible. It is incredible, and it's funny that you're saying that because just looking at side one, it's like the direction of where hip hop is going. Like you said, opening with hard times, rock box, which is in a sense combining rock and roll and hip hop in an earlier form of you know walk this way. Then you have Jam Master J, which is letting the DJ well, kind of get his time. Yeah. And then and then Hollis Crew, and then you're going into Sucker MCs. And still probably they still have room on side two for It's Like That, which is, you know, one of their most popular songs ever. Um, yeah. Single, it's, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is this was such a fun thing to put back on, especially because 
of like you said, the way that hip hop's always changing and the direction of like hip hop going now. Like, what do you think? And I'm very curious to get your opinion. What do you think of the direction of hip hop right now? You know, look, there it's it's become its own organism. You know, when 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 a genre comes into its own, there it then has subgenres at that point, and uh, yeah. and there are many, and those subgenres grow and grow and grow and grow and expand and and multiply, whatever. So, you know, it's like anything else, man. Like like, the, it, and then it will develop a mainstream, and the mainstream version of it will probably be the most homogenized version of it or the, or the most watered down version of it or whatever. So like, you know, mainstream hip hop now, you know, when people say it all sounds the same and there's a, that's true. It, it does. It sounds very similar. There's a, there's a specific approach to it. I don't care for it particularly. I don't think it's without merit. It's just not for me, but there's still plenty of hip hop out there that reflects the kind of stuff I like. And it's just subgenre now. It's just subgenre right. now. I mean, it's still out there. I mean, you know, for every, for every fucking, uh, I mean, dude, I don't even know who's popular now. Like I always little say, Takashi, little oh. baby, whatever, you know, whoever, <laughs> right? For every little whoever, <laughs> I'm not right. counting little Wayne. Walls. Yeah, I'm not not little Wayne, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Lil Wayne's awesome, but yeah. uh, I'm not saying these other guys aren't. I'm just, it's not for me, but, but uh, for every, for every one of those guys, there's still a Wu-Tang clan. There's still a run the jewels. There's still a czar face, you know, uh, uh, there's still, you know, look at that album tribe put out a few years ago when they put out that final tribe record. That sounded like it was fucking made in 1992. You know what I mean? Yeah, it like great. it sounded like a fucking yeah. tribe record. Like, and it was great. Everybody loved it. it. You know, it was so it's like, you know, man, it's not that it's not out there. You just have to find it. But, um, you know, back to uh, back to Run DMC, what you just said about Rockbox. You know, prior to this, the instruments being played for the most part in rap songs was disco-y. You know, it was Sugar Hill, do, 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 do. You know what I mean? It was disco yeah. instruments. Run DMC's got electric guitar going. And then that leads to King of Rock, which is the even harder version. And then they do the cover of Walk This Way with Aerosmith. And I Huge. say it all the time. There is no rap rock without that. They did it. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, no. A hundred percent. That song in my life was the biggest thing like since sliced bread i because i already liked rock and i was being introduced to hip-hop and i thought hip-hop was the coolest thing and then to see them both combined and i don't know if you know the actual story about this but i have a question yeah, i know it so so jt if you don't know they're waiting for studio to open up they're going to record and there's this uh this heavy metal band uh playing and they hear the guitar riffs and so they decide well why don't we explore a beat with that riff which i think is great it's like it's like being in the right place at the right time and turning something shitty waiting for fucking studio time into your right. advantage so i wanted to ask you joe in your career when has something shitty happened to you and you used it to your advantage every 
piece of material I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my whole act pre- has always yeah. just been born out of frustration and aggravation and whatever. So, you know, that's always what it was to me, you know? Sure. Was never. Was there ever, was there ever a joke? Was there one joke that you're like, you can, you can really concrete be like this happened. And I, and then I took it there. Um, I mean, I've had life experiences that were brutal that I turned into, you know, I got a thing in my act now about getting trolled by the nurses. Cause they got, cause what? my nurse joke went viral and it was a miserable experience, but I turned it into material and it's funny you know like wait, so wait, wait, wait hold on wait, i don't want to tell i don't feel like no, telling no, no, the but story I, oh, yeah. come, I, what are you how did you piss off nurse how did you wait by one I, why are you shitting on the, nurses? the shit the, the short of it is is my mom yeah, 10 short. years ago thir- 10 or 13 years ago my mom or sorry 10 or 11 years ago my mom had cancer she's okay now she was in Good, the hospital yeah. it was a very intense time there were some nurses that weren't really doing the job. It was very obvious. They did, Some of them didn't care. Some of them were great. Uh, yeah. Some of them didn't care. Big surprise. There are people that don't give a shit about their job. Like, it's every fucking job <laughs> that has ever existed, ever. So I wrote jokes about, like, you know, it only takes one bad nurse and you're dead, you know, because it's like, well, there's yeah. a little more on the line here. And, you know, 10, 11 years later, the, the clip went viral and everybody, because everybody's dumb and thinks that everything was recorded two minutes ago, thought that I had recorded these jokes post pandemic and all this stuff. And and even if I did, who cares? But yeah, anyway, the jokes went viral and I got I did them on a special 10 years ago. And then the clips, I, we reposted the clips and they went viral in the bad way. And yeah. I got attacked <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, sorry that I talked about an experience that I had that I just wanted to make light of because it was painful. Yeah. Um, that's basically the the short of it. Um, you know, man. So I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're it gets easier and easier. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope that justifies it. A lot of nurses thought the jokes were funny and a it's lot so of nurses funny. like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Some nurses don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, like, you, well, you realize you realize that that anything online, there's going to be a million people that love it and don't say shit. But the people there's going to be a thousand people that don't like it and are going to say shit because yeah. that's just the way the Internet works, which is funny because yeah. I had another question about hard times and saying what was the hardest time you've ever had to deal with in comedy. And I feel like you just answered it there as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that could be a two parter. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that. Honestly, like that was a, that was a, it's never fun to get drugged online. It's never fun to get trolled. uh, And it's never fun to go bad viral. It's happened to me a few times now. Uh, So I'm used to it, but, uh, and I've really had some vicious, vicious fucking rotten people come at me because they're mad about something I said. And yeah, uh, it's a miserable experience, but, but it's never been even close to the hardest times I've ever faced in comedy or in life, you know, let's face it at the end of the day, if you're, if you're making enough noise that people are coming after you online, you're, you're seeing a certain amount of success to begin with not saying, so you should look at it as a blessing. I don't mean like that, but it's like, you are seeing a certain level of success if that's happening. 
the hardest times in comedy and in life, which often for me have gone hand in hand, have been way more like, you know, I had when I moved back to New York, dude, I had run out of money. I had no money left in L.A. I, I didn't work for three years. Not by choice. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, it was over <laughs> a sabbatical. Yeah. And I got my management dropped me. Uh, my um, I got booted from a sitcom I was supposed to be on at the last minute. Mm. Uh, in a really, really shitty, unprofessional way. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, uh, what else happened? Oh, a pilot I had sold fell through and we never shot it. Never got paid. Uh, a movie I had sold that I did get paid to develop a couple of years prior fell through and just, they were like, it's not happening. I was out of fucking money. I was out of options. And I was like, my only hope right now is to move back to New York. And I don't know if you've ever tried to move across the country into New York City when you have nothing. No, I at least had, I had money. And I remember, remember, I was asking you and, yeah. and you were just like, get rid, sell what you can, pack up a car <laughs> or fucking just just figure it out. And like, he's like, you can't remember the first question was like, you got money? I was like, I got money. You're like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the key. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, and I did it at Christmas time. Uh, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and I had to put everything on credit cards because I had no cash. And uh, so I was, I was, I was increasing my debt even more. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. I remember I hadn't, <laughs> I didn't sleep, uh, I didn't sleep in a bed in over a month because oh, of the God. way it all, like shaped up like I slept on a couch and then the couch went and I slept on the floor and then I slept on an air mattress oh, and then I had to oh, crash yeah. at my mom's and then you I already to... have bad posture too like I could imagine <laughs> <laughs> what? your back was more fucked yeah it sucked man it sucked it was that like look, that an experience like that getting trolled by nurses or whomever that pales in comparison yeah, you know, it pales yeah. in comparison. That's that's like that going through that no money shit, no option shit, not knowing what the fuck was going to happen, feeling like I failed, like honestly feeling like I failed, like I failed, man. I didn't I fucked this up uh, yeah. like that's come on, dude. That's real life shit. That's that's like brutal, dude. It's, brutal. it's scary. It's scary. Especially and then the pandemic been, you... hit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. God. Well, <laughs> then everybody was kind of fucked and had no money. So, you yeah, know, but it's, having it's... no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And look, you know, things turned around, but going into that situation, going into lockdown with no money and no options. Yeah. You know, I don't I'm not saying I was contemplating. That's as if I ever was going to kill myself, that's as close as I ever came. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. That's no, as hopeless completely. as I ever felt in my life. Like I like I was like, I was just like, what the fuck is the point of any of this shit, man? You know, it was, no, it was I, horrible. It, it's you know, when you're but when you're at your lowest is when it's actually a great place because then, you know, if you push through it, which you did, you could see how much great shit will come from that. And you know, and getting back to New York. I mean, really, it put such a spark under your ass. And and I think because it, it's just the city itself. And, you know, you were never really happy in, in Los Angeles, right? I was happy when I was working. Yeah. 
You know, L.A. is sure. great. Hollywood, I, I, it's not L.A., it's Hollywood, right? So Hollywood was great. Hollywood's great if you're working. Hollywood, if you're not working, is a motherfucker. Because yeah. if you're single, forget it. Every date you're going to go on, somebody's, they're going to be talking to you about what they're trying to do or what they're doing. Every one of your friends is seemingly balling. <laughs> Every billboard you drive by has a picture on it of something you're not doing. It's brutal, dude. It's an yeah. isolating city. You cannot vary. You can't walk outside and plug in like you can in New York. So uh, when I wasn't working, it was pretty fucking rough. And you keep going, I got to keep trying. I got to keep trying. And then eventually you get to this point where you go, what the fuck am I trying? I don't even want to be here. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. But I owe it all to Jay, man. Jay, Jay uh, Okerson, that, you know, and this ties into Run DMC. And it's one of the things I love so much about Run DMC was the camaraderie of it. There's like oh, a tag that. team. There's I'm a just tag so happy team. that you hold on, wait, come just to catch you on. I was like, yeah. how is he gonna spin that back into run? Because the last two minutes I was like, fuck, how am I gonna get back into all right? That was it. All right, now like do you think their influence was influencing yeah. groundbreaking? Yeah. Like no, yeah. we'll talk about Jay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's but we're in see it's the camaraderie of it. It's the I got this guy's back, he's got my like it's beautiful. And um, and with and Jay was the guy that plucked me out of all the sh as again, Jay's the guy that got me to New York to begin with. Uh, but yeah. I was I was as down as a motherfucker could be. And he was like, look, man, we're going to go away. We're going to all get tested and we're going to go away to this house in the Catskills and I'm going to cover you. I was like, bro, I don't have any money. And he's like, I'm going to cover you. Let me do this for you. And we're going to go. And I was always, it was me, Jay and Sal. And uh, I was already friends with Sal. Jay had me, Jay and Dan had me sit in on the bonfire as the third mic. Yeah. And I, I was that. doing that. And that started kind of getting like greasing my wheels and like, like keeping me sharp and keeping me on the radar. So that happened. And then Jay brought me to the Catskills and I was already friends with Sal, but me and Sal got even closer during that. And, and then eventually we formed like this crew that we called, which was the, which was our COVID crew. And we started taking these COVID trips every six months or whatever. And, you know, I started making, and that trip, I remember this dude. That was the trip where I was able to get on unemployment. Uh, oh, thank God. Yeah. Wow. That's a good feeling. Yeah. And that was, that was because Paul Italia helped me, you know, another dude I owe so much to, but Paul yeah. helped me figure out, he's like, talk to this guy, talk to that guy. He's got the info and got me that. That was the trip. That Catskills trip is where I got on unemployment. Uh, I became part of this crew uh, and I also um, um, got my therapist. Uh, and it all, it was just like all these dominoes fell in the right direction. And then because I was part of this crew, I, we, I started getting invited to, to these hangouts and trips. And then about a year later, we were, I was doing a little bit better and a little more on my feet. But the turning point, a huge turning point was Sal and I created taste buds. 
I was gonna say it's like one day like we were we were I was eating a Twinkie, he was eating a tasty <laughs> cake, crimp it, and <laughs> and I said that's so much better than this. And then we argued for three hours. It was literally that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was literally that. We were we were in we were making breakfast and we started arguing about which bagel was the best. And he said, and, we, and everybody in the. Uh, uh house that we were at was getting in on it and he goes this is like when we argued about the cookies uh remember that and i go yeah and he goes is this a podcast and that was it that was like oh, literally shit. where it started so uh oh, i love it and then That's that cool. was the thing that turned the corner so sal's another guy where i'm like you know i've, I've been very yeah. lucky to have some people in my life that really believed in me in a certain way and and helped me at a time when when i was really down uh yeah and i probably wasn't the best guy to be around i'm not the best guy to be around when i'm up <laughs> you said it you said it i was I'm in. you said it <laughs> so that's, and, you, that's, and, and you, you know we talked about this last time i was on your show you did that for me too dude like when we talked yeah you know you gave, yeah, me, you, you gave me really sound advice when i needed it I think, dude, it's like I, I, we've all been through shit. I mean, everybody has been the lowest that you can ever possibly be. And then and if you want to think about, you know, like, ah, just I give up. And it's like and I'm not even saying like kill yourself. You just want to like give up. It's it's just such a waste. And there's so much more when you're low. The only place you can go is up. And it's just it takes one thing. It just takes one change in your perspective for everything to be like, oh, dude, I'm actually not doing that bad because even when you were down, you had all these friends and all the friends right. just being around that energy is just going to build you up and build you up. Just like, you know, just like run DMC and their friends. How do I spin well, this? Well, <laughs> honest, honestly, and I'm not doing a cheap, I'm not doing a cheap shot transition to bring it back. It's the truth. The thing that I loved about hip hop and it influenced the type of music I would love for the rest of my life, whether no matter what the genre was, I love the rebellion of it. I love that it was guys saying, you have given me no options. You have given me no footing and fuck you. I'm fucking doing it anyway. I love yeah. the rebellion of it. Don't tell me what to do. Don't yeah. tell me you're going to hold me back. Don't tell me that I shouldn't be proud of where I come from or, or anything like that. I am going to do what the fuck I came here to do. And nobody is going to stop me. And like, it, it has been an entirely uh, inspiring music for me my whole life. And run the MC is like where it began. And you hear it on this album, man. You, you hear, yeah. you hear the focus and like the, you know, it's cause, cause it's got the songs that are reflecting the 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 societal issues and societal problem but then it's got the songs that just just the the arrogance and the, and the bravado and all that and it's just awesome it's just an awesome do you, combination do you, does it as hip-hop influence your stand-up is it really like you yes. know like the way you write like wh who are the artists that you say would influence you the most i ice t was huge influence on me Zappa yeah. was a huge influence on me. George Carlin. Those, those are three huge ones for me, but I always yeah. thought, I always thought if I was, if they were going to, if they were going to liken stand up to hip hop, you, you know, because it, it come, it, it, it initially came from the same 
well, not the same, but you know, a similar mindset of rebellion, right? Yeah. Of and then also too, hip hop is this is a thing where it's like one dude will get on stage and do a thing in front of a crowd and and rock the crowd, and yep. that's kind of what stand up is, right? So. I always felt that there was like some connective tissue there and the, and it wasn't just a coincidence that I got into stand up and I loved rap music so much. Um, but I always hoped that if they may, if they said, we're going to, we're going to equate stand up to hip hop on paper and we're going to create, we're going to go through all the sub genres and whatever. I always just wanted to be put into that underground or gangster rap not that I'm a gangster, but you know what I mean? Like I always wanted to be put into that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean know, to laugh. I'm the sorry. Role. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I don't mean to sound ridiculous, you, but you, you know, you do get, dude, you, I mean, you, you do get, you, you're very charismatic. You always, you've always, I see you, you know, you date You're So I, I can see that you have the women, um, you know, but I've never seen you wearing like a fucking mink coat, like, you no, know, I don't like, like ice tea. Okay, yeah. 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 I don't mean like, yeah, I don't mean in a literal sense. I mean, like, but like, yeah, yeah, like it's just, 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 I always wanted to be like, you know, I was like, I, 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 I hope that I would get lumped in with the, with the hard edge stuff, the underground stuff, yeah, you know, the raw stuff, you know, like whether it's, you know, gangsters probably too specific a term, but the hardcore set not and not like in the sense because there are comics that are hardcore in like a horror core sense sure, where sure it's like they're gonna come out saying just crazy shit and that's their thing and that was never my thing that's why i always said like i liked like an influence for me was iced tea an influence for me was sinatra uh it was guys that that had an edge but there was a poise to it as well like i always really admired yeah um yeah you know it's ice cube was another guy you know i loved that ice cube had something to to say so he talked about things that are on his mind but he would also say if you don't like how i'm living then fuck you you know what i mean like i like that attitude where it's not like hey man i'm not trying to offend you i'm just telling you what i think and if you don't like it then you don't have to like it. And if you want to tell me I should this or that, fuck you, you know? Mm. And that was kind of my stance with the, with the nurse thing where it was like, Hey man, fuck you. I I went through this. You didn't. My mom went through this. You didn't. And if you did, then I would hope you had some empathy. And if you didn't, then shut the fuck up and leave me alone. And if you're so arrogant that you think my joke where I'm broadening the premise, because I don't have time to sit here and statistically break this down, is somehow about you. Fuck you. You're an idiot. You're an arrogant. You're either arrogant or stupid. And I don't have time for either. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, completely. So completely. In fact, dude. I take back I take back the word arrogant when I said I said there's the tracks on this album that are arrogant and bravado. Uh, bravado is the better of those two words it's not yeah. arrogance it's more poise it's yeah it's swag- there's yeah it's 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 swagger everything feels genuine on this record yeah. you know what i mean it's it's not them yeah. being like lost in some like you know ego like we're the fucking greatest at the time when they said they were the greatest mcs they were the greatest mcs because nobody was doing anything 
like Run DMC. I mean, you because I was going to ask you about like I mean, earlier when we were talking about earlier hip hop and what was before, but I've heard it and it's just doesn't have this like Run DMC came out as a fully formed package. They came out with the Adidas on, with the Kangol hats, like the 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 bucket ones, you know, the chains. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of what people were probably wearing at the time, you know, in in Hollis Queens. But they were like, no, we're the first. So that means we're the best. And and still, up, you know, do they they arguably were the best, I'd say, up until their fourth record, really, right? Like, because I mean, King of Rock was popular as fuck. And then Raisin Hell was a goddamn smash. Um, and then and then would you say they started kind of dipping around tougher than leather or like because, you know, better I think than tougher I than leather is uh, brilliant. I love tougher than leather. So where did where, I think that's so a where, great zone that they were in? I wish they would have stayed in that zone because then after tougher than leather, they do back from hell and back from hell they took a turn where they were, they were sounding. I don't know if it was, I don't know what, what was behind it. Like, but they definitely, to me at that point, even as a kid, I was like, man, they're like, they sound like they're trying to fit in more with like the, the like hardcore rap genre right now. Whereas before it was just organic. And now it seems like they're cursing a lot more. Like there's, there's more, definitely more of an attitude on this record. Like, like the, the production seems a little less them. And what's a shame to me is, and then they did uh, down with the King, which was great. They, that was the comeback record. Yeah. Um, And then unfortunately the last record was crown Royal. And at that point DMC, I think is only on two tracks. It's run. Yeah. That whole album is basically run with a guest star who's famous at the time. And um, it's just not, to me, not a Run DMC record. Like, it's a bummer to me that that, that was the last thing. And then Jade did, got killed. Uh, but what's, what's truly sad to me was Jam Master J, you know, he had JMJ Records. He, he discovered Onyx. Like, Jay was doing great production. Like, and we never got to hear hear that style of production with run DMC. I would have loved a run DMC record with Jay with run and, and, and DMC rapping over like the back the fuck up beats from the Onyx record. Like, like that would have been crazy. And well, we kind of got it a little bit on down with the King, but then that yeah, was, was going to say, that. cause down with the King, I mean, it's got, I'm looking at the producers on it. You have Pete rock, Q-tip, EPMD, KG, the bomb squad, Jermaine Dupree, who's like, you know, about to be one of the biggest rap producers in the game. I mean, yeah. And down with the King as a song itself. I mean, that sample that come down with the King. I mean, that's great. And if you, even if it's great, but if you look at the way they're dressed on that album cover, I mean, that's Onyx. That's, that's where the direction of hip hop is going. That like, like we said, kind of gangster, you know, I mean, dude, it's, yeah, it's the nineties and the nineties is way fucking different than the eighties, 84. One of my favorite things from that movie uh, up the one about Michael Jordan signing with Nike 
is is like they're talking to somebody he goes he's not signing with nike man nike's not cool you know what's a cool adidas adidas mm. is cool because it's hip-hop and it's the show it's the shoes and it's the jumpsuit and it's like dude fucking run dmc is the reason for that i mean yeah, amongst, amongst many other things but they they came out where people are still you could go out there and rock a goddamn adidas jumpsuit and and I mean, most likely you'll probably be armenian in north hollywood but <laughs> you know you can still rock that and it still looks good and the adidas shoes still hold up those shell toes that they rocked on that mm-hmm. um and i think when they stuck to that you know during the, that time I mean, look, do you, I don't think if if Run DMC would have kept doing that into the 90s, I, they, I think the natural progression would have been just, you know, it would have gradually gotten less popular and less popular as like the 90s hip hop, like you said, the gangster rap and shit starts coming out. They're just eventually mm-hmm. just going to still be legends, still be legends, but the sales aren't going to be there. So obviously you got to change with the times, right? It had to evolve and also uh rock box was the first hip-hop or rap music video on mtv like how crazy is that yeah that is yeah. wild i didn't know that that's wild that's wild but first yeah ever. i mean i would have liked i would have liked you know because at this point too um rick rubin and russell had had split up uh you know, Russell Simmons is running Def Jam, obviously full time. Rick Rubin's got his own label with American or Deaf American at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're just doing different things. There's a different team. Uh, and I think like with these later records, you start to hear they're bringing in like the current producers. They're you know they're 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 modernizing the sound and. And I, I, it works at times. And then at other times it doesn't work as well for me, but those first four records, I think are a perfect evolution of they're, they're I mean, that's a box set to me. That should be a box set. Those first four run DMC records. And it's I funny because yeah. down with the King down with the King to me sounds like the first record, meaning like that, that sounds to me like it should be the first record. It sounds to me less evolved than uh, the self-titled the self-titled to me sounds sounds newer to me than down uh, than uh king of rock does excuse me um king of rock is good but like it does not sound as groundbreaking to me as as the self-titled the, does oh wow yeah yeah I'm, yeah i'm um, sorry i'm getting the no 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 i i look it's 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 just it's crazy to to see the way like you said and and you said it so fucking perfectly up front that nothing moves faster than than hip-hop hip-hop literally was like here it is and now it's different and now it's different again and now it's now it's mc hammer and now it's fucking this and now it's now it's you know it's little it's just it's moving so quickly and but it's like if you really want to whittle it all back to where the real first big change came it was it was here it was here on this record because yes. it literally it literally made the MC and the DJ like a collective whole where you would you wouldn't get Eric B and Rakim, which which came out only four, you know, like three or four years after this. And then you have public enemy, you know, like which is like which changed hip hop 
completely, but took this and took the Grandmaster Flash shit of being like, all right, we're going to sing about what's going on in the world. And now Public Enemy is Terminator X and they're fucking insane beats that like are just so jarring but like, which is even more rock than than uh, than rock box. It's just it's just more in a concrete mm-hmm. hip hop form using samples. It's like if, but if you take it all back, it's this moment and this record, which is you know it still holds up. It's I listened yeah. to it today and I was like, God damn, dude! I, like this is great. Like this is yeah, a great awesome. record. It's awesome. All right, let's wrap. Let's wrap this up because we got to get you out of here. I, I do have one quick question that's a little off, but you had mentioned that you met uh, you met DMC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you could meet and work with any hip hop artist ever, who would you want to work with? Uh, I mean, probably Ice T. I've met Ice T, and he was very cool. Yeah. How could he not? And um, <laughs> his wife I just is- did a video about this. Was actually cool. I just did a video about Schooly D on my Instagram, and Ice T gave me like the pounds on it. Really? Uh, fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, that that fucking yeah. rules, man. That <laughs> yeah, rules. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, Ice T, man. I just I've met him, but but he really like he he just had a crazy impact on my life he was the he was the artist that made me want to play music to begin with so i'm just finding him fascinating and i just i you know i just and then also too like he's played such a big role in my life like from a fan standpoint and my mom is a fan of ice t because because special victims unit but she knew of course she knew about him from me like you know so Ice T, Ice T. I, I would love, love to I talk just, about. He a just rebel. seems like a dude. Yeah, you'd learn a lot from being around Ice T. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but the, one of my favorite jokes is that Mike Epps jokes. It's like they got to give Ice T more lines on that show because it's just all he does walk in and go, "Yo, we just got another homicide call down <laughs> on, like, for dead on Fourth Street, y'all." Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. God bless his soul. God bless. And dude, it's it's one of those things. The evolution of a career is for you to come out and be this pimp hip hop star, and then or Ice Cube fucking you know on the cover with that fucking gat and 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 he's you know it's just that's that's the way it goes that's just yeah. the way it goes you want to stay in this it's hard to be hardcore your whole fucking life you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and and and, exactly. and also to and also to keep your hair as iced teeth that fucking <laughs> long and ponytaily you know god bless his soul <laughs> they deserve god bless all their soul. success though you know what i mean like after the rebellious early moments when america hates you and then like cash and checks to be accepted yeah to be accepted yeah Yeah, that's that's fucking that's american in a nutshell all right um i'm gonna ask you these questions i ask everybody uh what is your favorite song on this record uh sucker mcs okay least favorite song i don't know um I don't know. I like all the songs on it. The, the, the album flows. Um, I, I'll be honest. The, I guess. The first uh, I guess thirty days, maybe. Yeah, I would say this. I don't listen, like it, I'm not. But, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting the putting the record down at all. But this record is for sure. The, the it's it's all loaded on the first half, and then it's like that to open the second half is great. You, you know, like. 
Wake Up's great. 30 Days is great. Jay's game. But I'm talking those first six songs on the album are historic. You know what I mean? So, I'll say 30. I'll say 30 days. Okay, cool. Can you fuck to this record? Or have you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. And I don't, it doesn't feel like fuck music to me. Yeah. No. I mean, no, you can't. But there is a beat and people have fucked to this for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, if, can you work out to this record? And what style of exercise would it be perfect for? Yeah, no, it's a good pumping iron record, I think. I think you could play this at like a uh, like a like a spin class. This would definitely, you know what I mean. This <laughs> oh, yeah. is yeah. This is this is just like come on. Yeah, no, it'd be a good spear, right? I I think both. This I, agree. Sh- I shine at that, dude. Figuring out what to work <laughs> out to it, and then what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? Uh, uh, this is where it all started. That's perfect. Promote away, dude. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you got to promote. Uh, well, I plugged the Sauce of Windfall album. Single's out now. Album might be out depending on when this drops, but August 4th, album drops. Single Mouth of My Money out. All digital platforms, wherever you get your digital music, you can get it. And then major tour dates coming up. Uh, I've got Philadelphia at the TLA in November on the 11th. Uh, I've got Denver. I've got Phoenix. I've got Salt Lake City. Go to nice. joederosa.com for all show information and ticket links. Uh, come see me this fall, please, into the winter. I, I am touring, touring, touring. And then if you're in the city, please come hang out and have a sandwich and a drink at Joey Rose's. Oh, God, Open yes. every day at 11, 11.30 a.m. every day. JoeyRosesNYC.com. Dude, and, and listen to Taste Buds, too. Don't forget Taste Buds. Yeah, um, Taste Buds and and We'll See You in Hell are my two podcasts. But, but go if you're in New York, go to a sandwich spot. You do make some of the best sandwiches I've ever had. I go out of my way sometimes to walk down there with Lekka uh, to get the sandwich. And the fucking Brussels sprouts are the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had in my thank life. Thank you, brother. I love you, thank man. Thank you, brother. Dude, thank you for coming love on on such short Thanks. notice. All right, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, Joe. See you guys. Thank you. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Joe DeRosa. Follow him on all social media at Joe DeRosa Comedy. Listen to his podcast, Taste Buds, with Sal Volcano. And for all things Joe, go to his website, joederosainfo.com. He's on tour. Let's do it. Our new music this week is the 2022 single, Handle Your Bars by Flowbots. Next week, it's the replacements week as we go deep into the 1984 record, Let It Be. And if you haven't listened to the record yet, you got homework to do. Listen to the record, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Stay fleecy. Oh, yeah, you have to see this. His masterpiece is like a master thesis. In this project, he concocts a fascinating twist of logic. Describes a woman's body like it's just an object. I think that's been done. Oh, maybe, yeah. I think that's been dumb. Yeah, I guess so. I won't hold it against them. Oh, really? Why not? Because he's just 21. Actually, he's 22. Oh, then that's disappointing. His name is Logan Paul. I don't listen to boy bands. No, man, all the kids love his stuff. You don't know him at all. What the fuck? This guy's got like a million followers. 12 million. Way more than all the years. Probably has like a billion dollar earth. Why did you care so much? They call him lawyer. 
said, babe, he gonna fall off. Honey, <laughs> did nobody in that video have booty like mine? That's why he can ride it with no handlebars. You don't need one. You don't need one. Okay. Come around here, you get lost. Help! <laughs> Mr. Person's report. <laughs> now, why you gotta do it like that? Took a nice track and abuse it like that with your stupid white rap. Follow my music, my path, but crash into an ice patch and it threw your ass back to the bougie heights that I presume you might have. I don't really know your music like that. I mean, I don't really know your movies like that. I guess I don't really get what you do. So put your mic back on the bike rack tonight. Cause my lady says she's not attracted by male dominant dumb shit. That could die. Look, Donald Trump's kid has arrived. That's a woman. That's a bike. That's a young kid. That's a mind. That is something that you might consider maybe just a little bit. I know it's all just a joke, but I disavow. The whole system's broke. Gotta fix it now. You can't handle bars. So you mangle R's. So you split the spokes. Now they're sticking out. Like Pinocchio's nose that glows and twist around. Hokey flows. You keep pissing out just to get the crowd to buy merchandise with our words inscribed on them. That doesn't seem right. I think this clown here deserves some pies. I'll put these rhymes in my first advice column. If you like someone, don't blatantly bite from them. If you like women, don't make a bike from them. God, sorry if I sound too doogity, but for the sake of our community, huh? I'ma take the opportunity to let you know there's another stage after puberty. Mm, watch out, watch out, hold up, hold up. Five hundred. Keeping it fleecy for the fleece nation on the five hundred. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Next Chapter Podcasts.